good to see you today. You must have been looking for a dry place. <clears throat> and they tell me my sermons are real dry, so that'll be good. It is good to see you here for this time of worship and uh, want to invite you all to the Lord's table. If you're, a, if you're a visitor with us today, please be aware of the fact that this is an open communion table as we call them. Uh, you're invited. Uh, the Lord has invited you and whether or not your membership is here or anywhere, you're still invited to come and uh, share communion with us today, and so I hope that you will. A couple of quick announcements. Um, the children's choir location on Sunday nights has been changed. Uh, we want to try to get the kids a little closer together, and so uh, Jessica's choirs, children's choirs, will be meeting over in the social hall. So if you uh, normally drop your children off down here in the choir room. Please instead uh, pick, uh, drop them off and pick them up over in our social hall today. Ash Wednesday service is this coming Wednesday at 7 o'clock, and because of that, there will be no handbell rehearsal this week. Administrative board will be meeting today uh, immediately following this hour of worship. And today when you're... Uh, registry of attendance pad goes around. If you have an email address and you would like to uh, receive our bulletin and newsletter and other uh, communications through email, we would be very happy to add you to that. We are, have a pretty good growing list, but we're finding we still are missing some of you. So write that perhaps beside your name in the uh, registry of attendance pads that are going around today, and we will be glad to include you um, in future emailings. Let us now worship God.
be seated. Our opening prayer is in the front of your hymn book on page 6. If you will turn to that page and join together with me as we pray together. Let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. We invite the children to come forward to join somebody for a few moments of sharing. <coughs> My name is TBA. That's what the bulletin says. TBA is going to lead this. <clears throat> you know, we have lots of things that we do to remind us of things. Uh, when I was your age, sometimes my mama would tie a string around my finger to remind me I was supposed to tell the teacher something when I got to school, you know, something like that, some way to remind us. One of the most wonderful things that all of us have to remind us of things are photographs. Uh, I know that wherever you go, your mom or your dad or your grandparents, somebody has a camera, and you can't move without seeing a flash because they want to get a picture of everything you do. And that's so wonderful to have those pictures when you, when you get a little bit older, you can look back and say, my goodness, Look where we were, and look what I looked like then. I was so small. And, uh, and so we have these wonderful reminders to help us remember. And it becomes even more important when you have some real old photographs later in your life, and it has some pictures of people that aren't here now, people that have died and gone to be with Jesus in heaven. And those pictures are very special because you look at them and you remember people that were special to you once upon a time who you can't go and talk to anymore but these pictures remind you of how much they mean to you. All that is to say that today we're going to take communion and if we look at it it just looks like some bread and it just looks like a little bit of grape juice because that's really what it is. But it has a wonderful ability to be more than that symbolically to us it has a way of reminding us that Jesus gave everything he had for you and me because he loved us he gave every ounce of his energy he even gave his body and blood in death for us and uh, really that's what we're supposed to remember as we see the bread and see the the juice and as we receive the bread and swallow it and as we drink the juice it's simply supposed to remind us 
that someone who loves us dearly gave everything he had for us, his very life for us, that we might have eternal life with God in heaven. And we want to remember that. Just like pictures help us remember things, we never want to forget how much Jesus did for us. And that's what communion is supposed to do. Help us remember. Okay? Let's close with prayer. Lord, thank you for pictures. And thank you for communion. Amen.
Prayer for Illumination is also on page 6 in your hymnal. Join me as together we pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. <clears throat> Scripture lesson is uh, Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Then the disciples heard, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Here ends the lesson. <clears throat> Everything around us today is in a state of transition. The outside temperature is transitioning from cold to warm. And many Sundays, when I turn on the, uh, or the, actually the computerized system turns on the heat, by lunchtime it has switched over and we're getting cold air in here because it warms up enough outside. Plant life is in a time of transition from the deadness of winter to new life of the spring. Days are getting longer and we're just one week away from returning to daylight savings time. We are shifting gears, so to speak. The gospel lesson tells us about a time of transition in Jesus' life. Geographically, his ministry is changing from Capernaum to Jerusalem. The subject of his sermons is less and less about the kingdom of God and more and more about his imminent death on a cross. His role in our lives is changing from rabbi teacher to savior and Lord. His coronation in heaven as king of kings is about three months away. It was indeed a time of transition in the life of Jesus. One day Jesus said to his closest friends, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Six days later, Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain with Jesus to pray. And as Jesus was praying, he underwent another 
transition. His mortal body was clothed brief, briefly with immortality. We sometimes say of a happy person, they have a certain glow about them. Well, Jesus' face began to actually glow, to shine like the sun. And it is said that his robe looked as bright as the, as the snow. The transfiguration gave Jesus a foretaste of glory divine, something that had to be very reassuring to a man facing the prospects of a very horrible death. He was joined by two spiritual giants from the past, Moses and Elijah, and they were talking with him. And if you really can believe that Jesus was incarnate in human flesh, human like us, complete with our normal human fears and struggles, Moses and Elijah were probably therefore with him to offer him reassurance and guidance, mentoring the Messiah by offering him wisdom straight from heaven. Peter, James, and John probably thought that they were witnessing the end of the world, a time when Jesus would set his kingdom up on earth and begin the judgment day. Lord, it is good we're here, Peter said. If you wish, I can put up three tents, three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But before Peter could finish this sentence, the group became enveloped in bright fog out of which a voice spoke, saying, Jesus is my son, that I love and am so pleased with. Listen to him. Like children who dive under the covers when something goes bump in the night, the three disciples collapsed face down on the ground, scared to death. Jesus touched them and spoke words of comfort and reassurance telling them that they had nothing to fear and that they should stand up on their feet. Looking around them, they saw only Jesus. The others had been taken away. And Jesus commanded the three to keep this experience to themselves for a while until he had been raised from death. And they had no idea exactly what Jesus meant by that. For Jesus, our all-too-human Savior, this had to be the assurance that he needed to be able to face his final days. If you have ever had surgery, you know how anxiety builds up day by day, over many days. And when you're finally prepped and lying on the gurney, waiting for the operating room staff to come and carry you away, the anxiety is almost enough to make you want to run and hide. Jesus must have felt some of that. He knew years in advance what the final chapter of his life on earth would be. The torture, the humiliation, the hours of agony on the cross. He knew that while bearing away our sins, he would feel absolutely alone, cut off from the Father. But the transfiguration gave Jesus something to hang on to. And he knew that there was a crown awaiting him in glory 
if he would persevere in following his Father's will. As you and I go through life with all the transitions we experience, we sometimes become afraid, wondering if we will have the strength to go through the tough days ahead. But when we pray, just like Jesus did, surrounded by close companions like Jesus had, receiving Holy Communion, which is a foretaste and a promise of the heavenly banquet we will enjoy one day. Well, we probably won't glow in the dark, but there will be a certain glow about us as we confidently face the future in the assurance that after we have completed our journey here on earth, there is laid up for us in heaven the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to us and also to all who long for his appearing. Amen. As a response to the proclamation of the good news, I invite you to join me in the ecumenical version of the Apostles' Creed, which is printed on page 7 in your hymnal, and I invite you to stand as we affirm our faith in God together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please seated, please. Let us unite our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we pray that the world may live in peace and that the church may achieve unity, fulfilling its service here and everywhere. We pray that all ministers and teachers in the church may be faithful servants of the gospel, leading others into its way of life and strengthening their faith. We pray that the leaders of this nation and of the world may govern with justice and mercy, that all of our work may be done for the common good that it be done in safety, and that all may be spared from grinding toil which destroys fullness of life. We pray that those who work on frontiers of truth and those who enrich our lives with beauty and joy may be free to follow their vocations. And we pray that those who suffer disease or poverty or loneliness or grief may be healed and comforted that those who are oppressed or persecuted may be strengthened and delivered. And we pray that those whom we've known and loved, who have died in the faith, may be a glorious memory to us and a source of renewed fellowship with all the saints. These are our prayers through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another as we pray the prayer of confession on page 8. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God as we worship God by giving.
If you are unable to come forward this morning for communion and need uh, the communion elements to be brought to you, we're very happy to do that. If you will just let our ushers uh, know about this. My appreciation to George Strait, our pastor emeritus, for assisting this morning in our communion service. And if you want to come forward but aren't able to kneel, I think it's your heart that needs to be bowed before the Lord, even if your knees don't work. So uh, make yourself at home to come and, and receive communion here. If you're not able to kneel, that will be perfectly all right as well. Our great thanksgiving is on page 9 in your uh, hymnal. The Lord be with you. <clears throat> lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, 
and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ.
Closing prayer is near the bottom of page 11. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.